0: Hello out there Difference Makers. Today, Latricia and I are coming back to revisit Self-Made, episodes two through four. We got a lot of positive feedback from the last one, so we are doing another one. Make sure you check out our podcast at Living the Principle Podcast, wherever podcasts are available. Latricia, with your cool background again,
1: how are you doing? I'm doing well, trying to keep my beach vibe alive. Okay. Okay, you can't go to the beach, but you can bring the beach to you. That's a way to look at it. One day, one day. So with
0: Madison J. Walker, there's been a lot of stuff in the news, but we're going to do a separate episode on that. We're going to unpack these episodes. We're going to unpack them into subcategories. For example, the first category we have is women's culture. I shared this in a group. About women entrepreneurs and a lot of women, no matter where they were in the world, no matter their race, their religion, their background, anything, they could relate to this. And it made me think about a speech you did that said we are part of a women's culture as well.
1: Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So what were some things that made you think of a women's culture? So many things. My mind is so jumbled. I can't really remember one episode to the next. They all blend Mm -hmm. together to me. But one was the fact that all these ladies came together to sell these products. That was one thing. Another thing was when all of these women gathered together in the kitchen. And I know there was this whole issue about women being in their place. But they were all gathered together in the kitchen and they had their lives separate from the men. So I thought mm-hmm. about how the culture of the day was with the women. And Madam C.J. Walker, she just she just she didn't fall into these stereotypes.
0: Mm-hmm. She wasn't for it on this. Episodes or um, miniseries. Right. And I I wrote down what Margaret Washington said because it stuck with me. She said, as I said before, so it's just not our place. So she said that more than once she had bought into that as well at the beginning of episode two. So I saw that sort of gender roles and being subservient type of culture for women.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, there were some other things where they were saying, Madam C.J. Walker didn't know her place.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot who said that, but even her husband said that. He eventually started saying that towards the end of the episodes that she doesn't know her place. And although she was bold when she was at the convention with Booker T. Washington, that's what he said also. He said, that outburst is the exact reason you ladies need to be kept in your place. And it wasn't even an outburst. <laughs> that was right. uh choice of words that
1: made me chuckle like, that's an outburst? She was very polite. Even during that scene, initially, it was like the women were in the kitchen, and they were fine there, in which they said that that was their choice. They chose to be there. But When she left out of there to go out there and talk, they all came out there with her. They were supportive. And then another part, again, I can't remember what episode it was, but when she was trying to get her factory started and none of these men wanted to invest in her, all of those same women came together to invest in her company.
0: Okay. And I think that leads us to the Black women's culture, because I wonder if they did that because she was a woman or did they do that because she was a Black woman?
1: What do you think? I'm going to say because she was a Black woman, because it seems to me that it was really about Black women's culture. During that time, there was segregation, so they were clearly mm-hmm. segregated.
0: hmm. Yep. And something else that stood out to me as it relates to Black women's culture. It gave me chills when she said it and a hundred plus years later, and we still have some of these same issues. She said, sometimes silence is the only protection a colored woman can count on. And do you remember when she said that?
1: Mm. Did she say it in the kitchen during, the, I think she did Said it in the kitchen during the time where these ladies were, they were talking and she was saying, she was saying something to them about, their husbands, like some of them, they were subservient to their husbands or kind of alluding to that maybe they were being abused. And mm-hmm. I think it was at that time when she said it.
0: Yeah. And it was also based on the fact that she was almost sexually assaulted in one of the episodes. So she said that too, because there's a disparity, even if you are a black woman, you're sexually assaulted, there's this stigma of being promiscuous or being not trustworthy. So that really resonated with me because she was saying there's many people who don't talk about that. But black women, we feel as if that saves us because we'll have to face multiple types of backlash. So I felt that was part of the black women's culture.
1: Even when she was almost sexually assaulted, a couple of things. I don't think, one, she didn't keep silent. And two, she didn't allow him to assault her because when I guess whenever he attacked her, she showed him something different. Like, no, this is not going to happen. I can't remember. I think she told me she was going to blow the black off of him. And and then she went home. And I guess because she looked so distraught, her father-in-law noticed that. And she talked to him about it. In that kitchen, she talked to those ladies about it too. She said, you know, someone, a man tried to attack her. So she didn't keep silent about it in the way many people do. She, yeah. she she didn't tell the police, but she didn't keep completely silenced.
0: Yeah, that part tripped me out because you don't think of women carrying guns in those days. And it was like, "Nuck if you buck, they did all this music. They should have did "Nuck if you buck right there. And she could have pistol whipped them. OK, maybe I'm violent. <laughs> <laughs> Another part of this episode that reminded me of black women's culture, it goes along with what we were saying about silencing. It was Margaret Washington. She said we started in 1890, 1895, when an awful man said um, Negro women were either prostitutes, liars or thieves. And that goes back into the perception of black women. I don't believe those are the things now. But I do think angry and sexual are two things that people think of now when they even are subconsciously or consciously think of when they think of black women. So what did you think about that happening back in 1895?
1: I wasn't really surprised because, of course, they weren't very far removed from slavery. So the hatred still existed. So I wasn't surprised that someone would say something like that. But I did appreciate the fact that they gathered together as women and started their own organization to show Mm -hmm. that we are more than what you perceive us to be. Yes.
0: And that's why we have a lot of things now that may seem exclusive, but that's not the case. It's just we still have our own particular issues that we have to deal with. And we also want a safe space. Um, Maybe it's not black women, maybe it's women, women of color or Latino women. So there's this extra layer
1: and how about the biggest of all, which is what the whole movie is surrounded around, which is hair? Oh, so you think big picture, and I'm like,,
0: yeah. exactly, it's about black women's hair, and I was like, man, I wonder if she knew how the black hair industry was now, she would be ecstatic. yeah, turn back to natural hair, and there's so many natural products and Not even just natural products, natural tools. Sometimes I see things like caps and things so you don't get your hair wet. It's not a shower. It's not a swimming cap. It's a little bit different. And all these different tools and products that women are using, not only using, but owning. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how so many of these products are in stores as well, in which that was one of the issues in the miniseries, she was trying to get her products in stores. And mm-hmm. I think she had a, a hard time getting it in one store. And then at a later point, she was going to get it in, was it a drugstore?
0: I think it was a drugstore.
1: It was a drugstore. And she had the opportunity to get her products in the drugstore. But she changed her mind. Because of all of the women who were selling her products. She was like the Mary Kay lady of, of hair care back in those mm. days. So long before Mary Kay existed, Madam mm. C.J. Walker had all these ladies selling her products from door to door. Or even Annie, what was her name? I can't remember the lady's name in the story, but I think in real life her name is Annie, is it Annie Turnbull? I don't
0: know. I I don't know.
1: I can't remember. And this oh yeah, in the mini series, I think her name was Addie, where she had the people selling her products from door to door. So I think that was a that was a really big thing, is that all these women came together to sell these products to help women's hair. Initially it was about growing hair, but then when mm. she came out with the glossine, that was pressing oil and and the hot comb came along, then it was it turned into straightening hair. It went from the natural to straightening hair, which I don't know about when you grew up, but uh, when I grew up, that's what people would say that Madam C.J. Walker invented the hot comb, but that's not true. No, she didn't. She had the glossine, the pressing oil to mm-hmm. help straighten the hair with the pressing comb. Yeah.
0: And when you said that about her not wanting to put into her products into the drugstore, it brought up our third point. We talked about women's culture black women's culture this made me think of business character I think you have to realize it's more than just about a dollar it's also about your employees was there anything else in the mini series about business character that stood out to you?
1: I just thought that she had tons of business character in the mini series and the attorney that she brought on I think that He believed so much in her that he wanted to be an investor. When nobody else would invest in her company, this guy, he believed so much in her because of her character, because of her foresight, because of her faith. I mean, her courage, everything that she displayed made him and other people want to be a part of what she was doing. And you know
0: what I think of? I think of she first believed in herself. And I think because she believed in herself so much that Ransom believed in her too. So I think that's a lesson to partner with people that believe in you the same way you believe in yourself.
1: Yeah, because she totally did believe in herself. And no matter what other people would say, because I know initially on the first episode when we talked about it and I was like, her husband was very supportive. But at some point in time, he became less supportive and he didn't believe in her. Like he didn't have the big picture. He didn't see the big picture. And I think about how in business, so many people it's like, you can't share your vision with everyone. Cause everyone can't see the vision and CJ couldn't see it. It was too, it was too massive for him. He could not see it. He wanted to stay small, but she just wanted to grow and grow and grow. And he was like, well, what do you want, Sarah? And she wanted to be huge. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't holding back in that aspect either. That's what she wanted. And that's what she was going for. Mm-hmm. And
0: you spoke of how CJ didn't see the vision. We talked about how Ransom supported the vision, believed in her. CJ didn't see the vision. But her son-in-law, John, whoa, man, I was like, he has some nerve. To betray her that way, and I think anybody that's been in business more than a year they're going to have some experience where somebody tries to steal your idea or somebody talks about your character or leaves you a bad review. So I thought about business character with that you really got to know who's in your circle. And not only did he not like, like, she was feeding him, she was the reason why he had a job, and he still didn't like her. And he burnt down her factory. So she had every right to be upset. To me, like, you mad? Is she mad about your destruction?
1: And And I just thought about... It wasn't him.
0: mm -hmm. And I thought about people talking about talking about you behind your back because he did a lot of that in the movie with her um, nemesis. So Mm -hmm. it made me think of something else, too. If... I have a friend and I have an enemy and my friend is friends with the enemy. To me, that's concerning. So maybe anybody in business, they want to look at that too.
1: I think with him, he had his own vision and ideas about what he wanted to do, but he didn't, he didn't know how to go about doing it. I think he felt stuck in this business that he had no real interest in. And he was in it, I think, for his wife. Mm-hmm. until he started feeling like his wife didn't care about him, which I guess we are going to talk about marriage as well. But I think that's when things shifted.
0: Yeah. And I want to go back to one more thing about the thing I said about enemies. In another episode, I forgot the person's name, but they were at the formal meeting in New York City. She was with her daughter, and she was trying to sell the product to the guy. He kind of was just like, whatever. Until... Yeah. W.E.B. Du Bois came and said, oh, nice to meet you, Sarah Love," And that sparked the guy's attention. And then when he said, this is the one that stuck it to Booker T. Washington. So sometimes people join because they have the same enemy. Like (laughs) in that case, it was the enemy of my enemy is my friend in that sense. So that was also stood out to me. And one other thing I want to say is, not only did she believe in herself, other people believed in her. She tried to instill belief in others. She was going to give those girls their own salon, and I it felt like they just didn't realize it takes time. It takes time to get all that stuff in order. And it's not that she's trying to use you; she just wants to make sure everything's secure. So that just reminded me, she doesn't believe in herself. She also wanted it for other women I wrote down something that I listed as selflessness she said I want you all to be just like me independent self-sufficient women with their own businesses and to me that's success if you're the only person successful that's tyranny it's not success anymore so I really like that about her too
1: yeah and I think that's what sparked her to not put her product in the drugstore because. She looked at all of these women out there and she wanted for them to be able to have this success. She knew and they knew had the products gone into the grocery store that they would have been out of a job, not the grocery, the drug store. They would have been out of a job. So the fact that when you said selflessness, that's what made me think of that, because she could have had her products in those stores making a lot of money. but Instead, she kept them out of the store so that these women could also benefit from the sale of these products. So I I really do agree with the selflessness.
0: I'm sorry. I was like, uh, has anybody commented?
1: (laughs) Because I was wondering if anybody was on there. I don't see any comments. Okay. I'm going to refresh my screen and look again.
0: And... One other thing I want to say that's very important in business is believe in yourself, have people believe in you, be selfless. And you have to have some type of mentor. I don't believe that nobody's successful on their own. You have, even if you just buy a book, you had to read somebody else's word. If somebody gave you an hour extra to finish a project, that person helped you along your journey. And one person I saw that she quoted a lot was John Rockefeller. And it just made me think about your mentors don't actually have to be people that you come in contact with that as a business owner or nonprofit owner, whatever you want to do in life, you can also find mentors through other means.
1: Yep. I totally agree. That is so true.
0: Yeah. But we talked about business character and not only did CJ not believe in her, but on one part of the episode, He sabotaged her. He sabotaged when she finally got a chance to meet with the four investors and she was showing them the warehouse and what she was expecting to do with the business. He came in with his hat, looking like (laughs) he was drunk, (laughs) looking like a toasted uh, yogi bear or something. I was like, What? Why are you looking like with the tie things in the hat? I was like, Don't do, don't do him like that. Don't do the fine man like that. But man, for your husband to sabotage you, because I think she said on the porch, she could have went back maybe after the affair. But after the affair and the business, it was too much.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was wild. Yeah, he, he wasn't thinking he would. He was clowning for sure. That he was, was. That was ridiculous.
0: And I don't think he had the same drive. As it as it relates to marriage, maybe you and your spouse don't have the same interests. But do you have the same drive? You're the love person, I'm huh? the practical person. So what do you think about that?
1: It's true. You don't necessarily have the same drive, the same drive, the same desires, the same interests. And I think that was the case with the two of them in this mini series. I think she had the drive, she had the desire, she had the interest to build this business. And he came along. He came along with her because he loved her and he wanted to support her in her business endeavor. And that's what he did. But then when it seemed like she was paying more attention to the business than she was to him, that's when things started going down. And, of course, people were saying things to him as well. So all of this combined was making him, I guess, he was feeling like he was less than a man. It seemed like that was a recurrent thing. You know, I'm a man. I'm the man of this house. This is my house. I'm a man and all this stuff. I
0: don't know if you answered my question. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I did. I said this true a relationship, do you think?
1: Interests. Well,
0: in a relationship, do you think it's important or vital that you have the same drive and desires or should you just have the same drive?
1: I don't necessarily believe that you have to have the same drive or the same desires. Okay. Relationship. I think what you have to have is mutual respect, mutual Mm -hmm. understanding, and mutual acceptance. And if you have those things, then I believe that you can each do what it is that you're doing because you each have the other's back.
0: Oh, I like that mutual respect, understanding and acceptance. Yeah. Okay. Well, we know he also not only wasn't dedicated to the business, he eventually wasn't dedicated to her. Did you see that coming? from the previous episodes
1: yes I did I saw it coming
0: and I think that's a lesson in itself too that well what part did you think oh this is not going well or this is a seed of deception or
1: well before that I saw it coming when I saw how much how much she was focused on her business so I think there was one scene where he wanted to hug and kiss or something and she had this idea that popped in her mind about the business and then there was another scene where he had reached his elbow out to grab a hold of her and she just walked off without him and there was another scene where he was going to say something but she didn't give him a chance to speak it was you could just see all these things coming along then there was this time where where she told him she was going to do something and then he did you know the eye rolling and the that's what tying, i and then he when he told ranson you put all this stuff in her head there were all these different things that initially i didn't think that he was going to have an affair but i knew that this was going to impact their marriage in a negative way because they weren't on the they weren't on the same page and then the thing with the ad when he had the walker girl thing and then the New York trip, she took her daughter instead. It was just it was a whole lot of stuff. And then when that other little lady, I can't remember her name, she kept being in his face. That's when I was like, okay, yeah. She's in his face. Madam CJ Walker is focused on her business. This girl is paying him attention and it's over now.
0: hmm I think the part maybe the first episode, you may be like, Oh, he's a good husband. But episode two. When he did that eye roll, that was epic. He looked like, woman, I could backslap you. Yeah. And he I think what was so catching about that was he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, baby, I'll do it. Right. Like, within seconds. So that's when I was like, oh, he really hasn't bought into, as you say, understanding, accepting, and respecting her. Because evidently, that's just how she was. He was jealous. That's what yeah. it
1: was. he was totally jealous. He was jealous of where she was going. And he was jealous that she paid more attention to the business than to him. And he, mm-hmm. he couldn't handle it instead of coming along with her or something. I don't know. I, and then that's when I was thinking, yeah, Phyllis had seen more than I had only seen. Episode yeah, one when I was all like, Yeah, CJ is supporting her. Yeah, yeah, you know, he'll but yeah, by episode two, I was like, This guy is whack. Yeah, that's what it was because I was like CJ. now nah, he's a
0: scumbag, but it was because I saw the other episodes. Well, I also liked another part of the miniseries when the father was trying Cleophis, was trying to <laughs> was trying to intervene. Because he also saw the writing on the wall that was leading to an affair. Yeah. What was some advice he gave
1: that you thought was really good?
0: good? He
1: he said, true love is something most folks won't ever know. And Mm -hmm. he was like, you have that. You have that with Sarah. And he said, and you're about to lose it because of what? You don't get enough attention? He said, you're lonely, get a hobby. And I was (laughs) like, That was that was great. Yeah. Why don't more people think like that? If you're not getting the attention you need, why don't you find something else to do with your time instead of instead of going off with someone else where your marriage is going to be impacted? And I think that was one of the most regretful decisions that he ever made, because Mm -hmm. after it was all said and done, he realized how much of a loss he was without her. Where Mm -hmm. had he just continued on with her that things would have been better. But it was this betrayal on so many levels. Like when he told, I don't remember this lady who, who not Addie, the lady who who he was with. She was one of the ladies that Madam C.J. Parker was going to give her. Yeah, she was going to get her own salon. She was one of the five. Mm -hmm. And I was like, for him to go and tell her these things and I think he said something about to have leverage I was like the level of betrayal he's lucky that she still talks to him and I thought the
0: dad also gave another glimpse of something that I think happens in marriages and relationships you don't know the whole story when it comes to somebody else's relationship we do not know the whole story he made a snarky comment about oh because you and Massa because Massa set y'all up
1: he yeah. Was
0: like, no, I really love her. He said she was running away and she came back and he had never known it. So I think that's important, too, before we think something of somebody's relationship, realize that we don't know the whole story.
1: And, you know, what else to me was so profound is that this guy was saying that he was able to make his marriage work in slavery. While his wife was at one plantation and he was at another one where he had to travel to visit with his wife. And he was able to do that and stay married to her until she died when she was going for her freedom, but came back for her family and died coming back for her family. Mm -hmm. And if you can make it work in those circumstances, and he said it's because they wanted it. They Mm -hmm. wanted it. And I think that's one of the keys too. if you want something bad enough, then you'll do the right thing and you'll you'll fight for it. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what the one of the issues was with CJ. He wasn't fighting for his marriage. He just he just went ahead and rolled over and was like on to the next thing. This lady is paying me some attention and let me go over here. Instead of fighting for his marriage with Sarah. hmm. Yeah.
0: So there's one relationship I did not bring up. We talked about John a little bit. but I don't want to get into all of that. But And <laughs> another relationship, it was a relationship amongst Ransom and his wife. And I bring this up because I think it's related to what we've already discussed. Lying is Lying. Once you break somebody's trust, you break it. Whether you tell them, hey, I'll be there at seven 30, You show up at 815 or you don't show up at all. Every lie has an impact. And I yep. think that's what I was thinking of when I saw Ransom lying to his wife. He was a nice guy. He was a faithful guy. But I'm pretty sure that put a damper on his relationship. And I hope they just built it up as it relates to this series. But I know you wanted to talk about John and his wife, John, that was Madison J. Swalker's son-in-law,
1: do you think they ever loved each other? I think they did. I think, yeah, I think they did love each other, and I, I think they wanted to be together, but I think the circumstances, when they moved there, and he got caught up in the business there, and never went to pursue his career to open his music business or juke joint or whatever he was going to do and then he slowly saw his wife slipping away from him i think that bothered him and and i guess that was one of the recurring themes was this fractured male ego these mm. these men had these issues because of their wives and i think that they just didn't i don't know i just don't think that they valued their marriage enough mm. I and mean, at one point when Addie, Addie, was her name. Uh-huh. When she was trying to get him to give the secrets of Madam C.J. Walker, and he told her that Lilia has been good to him, so he's like, "Lilia has been good to me," so he wasn't getting ready to do that. So I was yeah. like, "Oh, he's respectable. He's respectable." But then when it looked like she started drifting away from him. That's when he changed his mind. He's like, well, she don't care about me, so let me come on and give you all of the secrets and do whatever I can to give you these secrets. And I just thought that was terrible. You know what, as you
0: were speaking, he was the nineteen hundred version of somebody selling mixtapes out the back of the car. Because baby <laughs> just stick with me and I'ma get this off the road. So now that I think about it, he was like the first forty year old rapper. Just nineteen hundred just a nineteen hundred <laughs> version now. So just make sure the person you with really really has a, a solid plan. But I wondered yeah. if he if they ever loved each other because I remember when she introduced John as her husband, she said, See mama? Like basically like I did what you told me to do. Yeah. So that's me, why I was like, did they both love each other? Did he just did he love her and she never really loved him? I don't know. That was some things that crossed my mind.
1: I know, I think if I remember that they were dating and it seems like her mother didn't approve of that relationship. I I can't remember. It's been a while now.
0: Yeah, mixtape John. Um, she was not feeling it. Sarah Brela was not feeling it with mixtape John. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I enjoyed this episode as well as I did the first one. So just to recap we talked about women's culture, black women's culture, marriage and business character. A lot of different things that some of it really not related. <laughs> but um if you were to think of a principle, what principle sticks out to you for this entire
1: mini series? Or pick a category. I guess I'll go back to the women's culture because I I like how supportive all of the women were of each other, except the one situation with Addie and Madam C.J. Walker. That was a rivalry type relationship. But I think overall, there was a lot of support with the women, how Madam C.J. Walker supported these ladies. She had these classes where she talked to the women about getting together. Even when she was trying to sell the products, how she gathered all the women together. And then when the ladies from the kitchen came and supported her when they came out of the kitchen, then they supported her in that aspect. Then when they supported her in opening up her business, I just thought that that was so much support. So I know oftentimes we talk about unity, but unity is all about coming together. And to me, I always think that unity and Ujima work hand in hand. So when we come together to unite, to help build each other up, that brings about unity and Ujima. So it's always those. For all this whole series to me, it represented all seven of the principles. I saw each principle on display throughout Mm -hmm. this series.
0: The one that sticks out to me, I believe, was a pivotal point in the Overall message of the movie, the background message, because you know they kept saying something about skin complexion and accepting herself, was when she decided to put her face on her products. To me, that was defining herself. So I think if I was to pick just one, I would say overall it was to define yourself. And that's what she did. Not yeah. that she's just a black woman or she's just a dark black woman or she's a widow or all this stuff it well they didn't talk about the widow in the movie but she's um a wife and a mother she defined herself
1: right one of the other things that stuck out too was when there was this incident with her and Booker T Washington and she expressed to him that it wasn't a competition like we can all come up together and he saw it more as a competition mm. And I just, yeah, I agree. Like she didn't let anything hold her back. So that whole self-determination, you can see it because that's what the story was about. about To me, that was a
0: star on the Christmas tree. That was a big picture of it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, all right. We have been on for quite some time. And believe it or not, we really are two introverted people
1: of very few words. So, Latricia. Struggling with being on video. I don't mind it. <laughs> oh, I, str- I struggle with being on video. Phyllis <laughs> is like, do it for the culture. <laughs>
0: I'm like, mm. Yeah, do it for the culture. Okay. We have enjoyed this episode. Um, we're also available on YouTube. We'll be putting this on YouTube. We have a shop. I'm wearing one of our shirts. It has different Black female artists. So buy the shirt. Do it for the culture. Thanks for watching. Thanks for, thanks for watching thanks for listening and watching
1: until next time expand your mind and impact your communities thanks
0: for listening to living the principles podcast be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations